Right. I'll do that. Okay. Go ahead and start that. I'll hit these, and I'll go up there and sit down for a second. I'll go up there and sit down for a second and hit the ground running. Okay. Okay. If you want to do that. And I'll probably kind of address, not address. Did Matt and Hannah say, hey, welcome, thanks for, yeah. okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't that <laughs> That's good. And I'll probably just kind of, at the very beginning, this before I jump in, man, just kind of address that. Yeah, with your hands, yeah. it is going to be, uh, I think that'll be good, yeah. Because I'll, I'll be here like this and I'll. We're good? Okay. Okay, that's good. That's fine. Perfect. You ready for me? Okay. New Life, this is week number two uh, of doing church just a little bit different um, as we come to you online. Um, and I just thank God that we've got the capabilities uh, to be able to, to do church this way, to be able to uh, come to you on uh, Facebook Live, on our website, through our app. Um, it just gives us another opportunity. Though we're not together physically, uh, we can still be together uh, online. And so just want to encourage you as uh, I look at God's Word and as we walk through what God's got for us this morning, just want to encourage you, man, to respond um, uh, on Facebook Live, respond uh, in just in different ways, whether you want to encourage each other, whether you want to say amen, whatever, whatever you want to do, just want to encourage you to, uh, by all means, please participate and be as much a part of this service as you possibly can. Um, as I was just thinking of the conditions that we're in and just thinking on uh, how we're doing church now, um, man, what an opportunity it is for you to gather your family in your living room around a TV uh, and to be able to, to worship uh, our Savior. And so, uh, as I said a few weeks ago, as we finished up our series on spiritual habits and spiritual disciplines, um, I mean, the church is more than a building. Um, so at this time, we are the church scattered, uh, not so much gathered, but scattered as we are in our communities, in our homes, in our uh, our areas where we live, and so we have great opportunity to continue to live out and be all that Jesus has called us to be in our community. And so, uh, again, uh, I'm so thankful that God has put people on this team to where we can gather and we can have church this way and at least get in the Word together. Um, I know we don't get to see each other, but we can interact a little bit with each other. And so um, I'm going to ask you if you would uh, join me. I'm going to pray for us uh, to get started. I'm going to ask you if you would join me as we pray. Uh, and then we'll jump into what God's got for us this morning. So, Father, we just uh, thank you and praise you so much uh, for this day, God, for this opportunity to gather uh, this morning, Lord, whether it's in our living room or family room or bedroom, God, wherever it may be, God, that we get to gather um, and just gather around your word and hear your word proclaimed. Uh, Father God, uh, um, I miss the men and women and the kids of new life and the youth of new life. And so, Father, I pray uh, in these uh, unprecedented times, God, that you would make your presence known in their life. Father, that you would love and 
um, show your grace and mercy all the more. And so, Father, I pray that this, this will just be another resource that we can have to proclaim who you are, to share with a community, to share with a, uh, a group of people, God, whether it be co-workers, whether it be family members, whoever, uh, God, where we can share your glorious uh, gospel. And so, Father, again, thank you for uh, the opportunity to be able to gather this way. Thank you for uh, the team that you've assembled and put together so that we can do that. Father, I pray you continue to move and uh, speak and, and bless in a mighty way your church, your people. So, Father, may you bless this morning. May you bless the reading and proclamation of your word. And God, may you shape and mold lives and hearts into the image of your son. Jesus, we love you. We need you and we thank you. So then we pray. Amen. So we are in uh, week two uh, of uh, just a little mini-series. I think that's going to help us kind of maybe uh, understand or have some sort of a foundation uh, to build upon, especially in the crazy times that we're in. And so uh, the, the series is just when God doesn't make sense. And it would appear right now in this moment uh, that there's some things happening in our world uh, that would maybe we kind of view it as if God just what he's doing just doesn't make sense to us. I mean, it's got us uncomfortable. It's got us out of the norm. Um, routines, things like that have been changed. And so um, in our eyes, from where we're sitting, it doesn't make sense. But where God's at, it makes absolute, complete sense. And so last week, what we did is we just looked at John the Baptist and we heard his story. And then what we really did is we focused in on the last part of his life and how uh, he was put in prison for calling out the sin of Herod. Um, and so he calls out the sin. Herod has him imprisoned. And so you have John the Baptist sitting in prison there wondering if God is being inattentive, if God's just not listening, if God's just not aware, if God's just, just kind of taking a break. What's going on? And so what does he do? He sends for Jesus. He sends word to Jesus, and Jesus responds. But the way that Jesus responds, uh, John ends up staying in prison. And what we know about the story is that John's life is eventually taken. He's beheaded because of his devotion uh, to God. And so uh, we talked about last week how um, you don't have to understand the plan to, un to trust in God's purposes. You may not understand how things unfold, how things happen, how things unwind. Uh, you, you may not understand that. You may not see. You may not get it. You may not grasp it. But you don't have to in order to trust that God has got a purpose in what's happening and what's taking place. And so I give you an illustration like this. Have you ever prayed for someone and they still pass away? Have you ever worked really, really hard and went above and beyond only to lose your job? Have you ever done the right thing but still end up being reprimanded? And so uh, what we've learned from the story last week is that God's not erratic, that God's not whimsical, but he has always thought out with great intentionality and great purpose. Uh, God is an intentional God that hasn't left us, but is working in the midst of chaos and craziness and uncertainties. And, and he's doing it in a way to bring him glory and to bring him honor. And, and so that's a truth, that's a reality that we can, uh, we can rest in, especially when it may appear that God's not making much sense. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to talk about uh, when it would appear that maybe, just maybe God is a little bit late when God is late, and so this seems crazy because the reality is this, is you and I know that God's never late. God is always on time in his perfect time, um, and so he's never late. And so I think the problem really lies with, uh, in our heart, how our ability to be patient and to wait and to trust in uh, God's timing. And so uh, my oldest, my oldest boy, he's seven. He has the hardest time with this. 
Man, that little guy, he has the hardest time with this. He starts something, and he's in the middle of this, and as he's beginning to start whatever it is he's doing, whether it's outside playing, whether it's getting ready for that morning, whether it's sitting down to watch TV, whether it's whatever the case is, go to play and enjoy himself. And before he can really get into it, he is wondering what's going to happen next. What are we doing next? He needs the plan, and he needs the agenda for the whole day, for the, the, the overall arching idea of what we're going to be doing. And so it's hard for him to just wait it's hard for him to just sit there and just be uh, in the moment and enjoy what he's doing. And I'm afraid that that might not just be with my seven-year-old, but it may also be with many of us who follow Jesus as well. And, and so we live in this world, this here and now world, and we have access to anything and everything at, at a moment's notice. You, you want it, just get it. You want it, there it is. I mean, you can literally pull out your phone nowadays and you can search for whatever you want on your phone. Type it in and search for whatever you want. Look up statistics, look up facts, look up questions that you may have that's plaguing you. I mean, you have access to anything and everything at a moment's notice. And my fear is that, is that we, when it comes to uh, what God's doing in our life, we're the same way. Why isn't God moving? Why don't we have access to that? Why don't we know what he's doing? We've, we've asked him, we've done some things, we've, we've, we've needed him to do, and what, what's he doing? God, what's happening? And so our patience isn't there because the progression usually looks like this. I know, I know it's, I'm guilty of this. I pray, I believe, and then I wait two minutes and God hasn't answered. What's the problem? What, what's going on? God, what's the deal? Why hasn't God done something yet? I mean, we got Amazon who can deliver to us in two days. Why can't God answer us within two days? within 24 hours, within two minutes. I mean, you see this progression everywhere. I mean, we're getting less and less patient. It used to be a workout video would be an hour long. And then they tweaked it and they cut it down and now it's 30 minutes. Now there's a 25-minute workout. I've even seen in the past a 10-minute workout. Your best body, your in-shape, fit, way you want to be, give us 10 minutes and we can transform your life. And so with God, hear me, with God, he doesn't work that way. Sometimes he does, but sometimes he doesn't. And so with God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. So as you're walking with the Lord, as you're praying, as you're seeking, and as it may appear that God isn't answering or isn't coming through in that moment in your two minutes, it's not a wasted time. Maybe you're waiting to get married. Maybe you've got a son or a daughter that's a prodigal and you're waiting in that moment. Maybe you're waiting on a job Maybe you're waiting for healing, something that you're going through. Maybe you're waiting to conceive. Or maybe, just maybe, you're here waiting in this moment, in this season, in this world for the COVID-19 virus to be over. Maybe that's, the reality is that's where we're all at. We're all in this season of waiting right now. And so one of the places that God resides and moves the most in us, I believe, is in those times of waiting. In those times of us just having to be quiet, having to be patient, having to press in all the more to God. And so this morning, what I want us to do is this, is I want us to look at John chapter 11. John chapter 11, a very well-known story, but I just, we're going to dive in and we're going to look at this story of, of Lazarus for a moment. John chapter 11, starting in verse 1, and this is what God's Word says. It says this, it says, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. And so I would imagine kind of in this moment as Martha and Mary, as they send word to Jesus, 
um, that they're probably pretty confident in Jesus coming through. I mean, they know who Jesus is. They've seen him perform some miracles. They've seen him do some miraculous things. And so I would imagine that they are pretty confident in Jesus doing something. And I can imagine maybe even they're there kind of just frequently. Is that, hey, 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 Martha, is, is, that, is, is that Jesus down there? It, it's got to be. It, it looks, do you, I could just imagine them kind of just watching the road, just knowing that Jesus is going to come through any minute. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to look at two points. I've got two points for us. Two things to remember when we're waiting on God. The first one being this. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. So in a moment where it would appear that God's delaying or God hasn't come through yet, that doesn't necessarily mean that God's denying whatever it is that you're waiting on or you're asking for. Let's continue in the story. John eleven four 4 says this. It says, But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, for it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So, so Jesus is saying that this whole Lazarus thing that's taking place right now, what's going on in Lazarus's life, the main agenda is for God to get glory. It is for God to receive honor and glory and to get praise. So my question is, what about you? What about if what you're going through is for the same reason? What if it's just an avenue for the world to see how great our God truly is? What if that's the case? I mean, think about that for a moment. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever difficulty, whatever struggle, whatever it may be in your life right now that doesn't seem to make sense from your perspective. What if that's just simply God using it as a platform to get glory and honor? Believer, Christian, follower of Jesus, I'm telling you right now, when we suffer well, man, the glory and honor it brings to our God. So I would encourage you, man, press in all the more. Stay strong. Allow God to use this time. Allow him to use this time. See, many delays are divine delays. Many delays are divine delays. See, God has got a reason for a not yet. God has got a reason for the not yet. And there, there could be a number of reasons why God says, you know what, maybe, Scott, just maybe not right now. Scott, if you just, just push pause, I've got some things I need to do in you before I get you. There's a lot of reasons that God says, you know what, not right now. And any of your parents are the same way. Like right now in my oldest boy's life, he is diehard in need of a pet, so he thinks. And so he just has this on his mind. And so it started with a dog. And so it started with a dog, and then we've worked to uh, a hamster. He wants a hamster. And then we've worked to, he wants a lizard. And we've just worked through a number of things. And our answer to this request right now in our house is, no, not yet. Buddy, I, I know that you want a pet and that you think that you need a pet, but I said, just not yet. And so I tried to convince him that we've already got a dog that my wife and I had before he was born. And that's his pet. That's his dog. And he uh, informs me real quick, no, that, that's, that's our dog. And so in his little mind, in his little heart, he thinks it's time for a pet. And we just tell him, not now, not yet. And so why are we telling him not yet? One is because he's seven. And when he gets a pet, you know what that means as a parent, it really becomes your pet now. So that means mom and dad's going to be cleaning. That means mom and dad's going to be taking it out. That means mom and dad's going to be feeding it. That means mom and dad's going to have to figure out what to do with it when he's not there. Uh, a, a number of things are going to happen. And the second thing is this is, like I said, we've already got a pet. We've got a dog. We've got a dog. And so my boy has some stuff that needs to happen in his life that, that needs to take place before he is ready to have a certain type of new pet. 
He needs to grow a little bit. He needs to mature. He needs to learn responsibility. And so as I'm thinking about this, as I'm looking at this story, I believe the same thing goes for us as followers of Christ. The same thing is true of us that follow Jesus. A lot of the time, God needs to do something in us before he does something for us. He needs to do something in us. He needs to change us. He needs to sanctify us, shape us, mold us all the more into the image of his son. And so God is working on us and maturing us. And what I've learned in my walk is that's a slow process. That takes time. Maturity is something that doesn't just happen overnight, but it happens over a period of time. And just because you don't see anything happening in the moment doesn't mean that God isn't working. So just because you don't see something happening immediately, when you pray or when you follow or when you do whatever God's asked you to do, because you don't see the results that you think you should see in that moment doesn't mean that God's not working and doing. So I guess for me this morning, what I want to press you in for just a second is this. What does God want to do in you in this season of having to slow down? What is it that God's saying? What is it that God wants to do in you in this moment as we have to push pause and we have to disengage for a little bit? We have to slow down for a little bit. We have to focus on different things for a while. What does he want to make you aware of in this day where you have to push pause? I mean, what's he saying to you? How's he trying to shape and mold you? I, I know I've, I've got it in me. I'm a go, 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 go kind of guy. And so in this moment of not being able to, and I'm highly relational. So in this moment of having to be separate from people in this moment of having to slow down in this moment of not being able just to go and do whatever whenever to the store out to look around to this place to that place i mean it's caused me to have to look inward and see some of the angst that's causing me from having to constantly go and do and do and do and it allows me in this season just to be still i just think of that scripture just just be still and know that he is god And, and so god and so with God, a, a waiting season is never a wasted season. This isn't a waste of time. But man, I would encourage you so much not to waste this moment. See, some of the sweetest times that I've ever had uh, with the Lord is whenever I had no idea what's happening. And it's like I get through that moment and I look back and I'm like, ah, God, I see what you were doing. God, God I see how you've, you've changed me. I see how you were working to shape this area and mold this area. And what's happened is in those moments, my attention on him has become so much greater. It's become so much greater because I haven't had the ability to go do this or I haven't had the opportunity to go do that or to, to whatever I wanted to do. And so my attention on him has been so much greater. Now back to Jesus in this story with Lazarus. So he has this conversation with his disciples. He kind of brings them up to speed. He lets them know that they're going to go back to Judea again. And as they go back there, they're going to take care of Lazarus because he's sick and he's falling asleep. And so this is the very place that they left simply because the people there, they were trying to kill Jesus. They wanted to do away with him. And so what Jesus does is he's really confusing his disciples here in this moment. Especially when he tells them that he needs to go back and he needs to wake up Lazarus. And the disciples, they're just not, they're just not getting it. They're not following. They're just not picking it up because um, they tell Jesus, well, won't he just wake up? Can he just wake up? And then what Jesus does is he lets them know what he means by Lazarus is asleep. He, he's like, look, guys, Lazarus is dead. And this is going to be good for your faith that we go back. God's going to do something in this moment to really shape you and mold you and form you, especially as it pertains to your faith. And maybe that's what God's doing right now in your life. Maybe that's what's happening in your heart right now is that 
God's shaping you and molding you. John eleven seventeen says this as we continue. It says, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus was, uh, had already been in the tomb for four days. Four days. You're in the tomb four days. You're not almost dead. You're not kind of just out of it a little bit. You're not uh, mostly dead. You're all the way dead. Like, so Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is in the grave four days and he is gone. And so hear me, God's delays are not God's denials. We're about to see that play out in the story. So what in your life do you need to wait a little bit longer on? Maybe your four days aren't up yet. Maybe your four days aren't the same as Jesus's four days. And so all I'm saying here is this, is just enjoy that time with the Father. Whatever it is you're pressing in on, man, it's not wasted time. It's not wasted prayer. It's not wasted energy. No, it, God is shaping you and molding you and forming you. And he is teaching you. He's intentionally doing something greater in your life to press you toward him. To press you toward him. John eleven twenty. 20, the story goes on, it says this. It says, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she met him. But Mary remained seated in the house, and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. I mean, there's tension there. Do uh, you feel that in the story? I mean, there, there's some hurt there. Martha doesn't understand what's happening, and so she's upset. So, so are you in that waiting season? Maybe your relationship's not progressing. Maybe your health's not improving. Maybe things are not happening like you would want them to. Maybe expectations are not being met. Maybe your anxiety's through the roof. I mean, there could be a number of things happen, which brings us to our next point as we can remember this while we're waiting on God. Second point is this. If God always met your expectation, he would never have the opportunity to exceed it. If God always met what you expected or what you thought, then he would never have the opportunity to exceed that expectation. Because remember, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Our God is so much greater. Our God is so much bigger. And so our little mindsets, our little thoughts, our little plans are so small compared to him and his thoughts and his plans and his ways. So the story continues, John eleven twenty three. 23, it says this, and Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so, so Mary and Martha wanted a healing, but Jesus wanted a resurrection. They wanted Lazarus to be healed, but Jesus wanted Lazarus to be raised. So I love this about Jesus. I mean, he is all about making the dead come to life. Love that. Absolutely love that. See, they thought one thing, but Jesus thought something else, and his way was so much better. It's so much better. I am the resurrection and the life, he says, one who believes in me will never die. I mean, that's phenomenal, is it not? I mean, think about that for a moment. They just wanted him to bring him back. I mean, they just wanted him to make him better, and Jesus wanted to raise him to life. <clears throat> I mean, this is phenomenal. Jesus, I'm the resurrection and the life. 
they really weren't picking up. I mean, they knew that who Jesus Christ was, but they really weren't picking up on what Jesus was wanting to do here in this story. And so let's, let's, let's just talk for a second, can we? I mean, are you in need of being brought to life? I mean, I don't know who's watching this. I don't know who's tuning in. I don't know who uh, uh, maybe some of our people here at New Life will share this with or post it or, or let people know and see and be able to watch and go back and check out this story. I mean, it's crazy times that we're living in. And it's like many other unsettled times that we live in. There's always this great uh, running, to, um, uh, running to the Lord or trying to figure things out or, or wanting to get out of the situation in this moment. I mean, my prayer is that that would happen and that in that, that God would grab a hold of people's hearts, that the Holy Spirit would work in a mighty way and make people aware of their great need for Jesus. And so I guess my question this morning is this, as we, as we look at this portion of the scripture, and do you know somebody who's in need of being brought to life? Maybe it's you. And just because you come to this church doesn't mean that you follow Jesus or that you've come to faith in Christ. Or maybe it's a neighbor that you know, maybe it's a coworker. And I guess maybe the way to ask this question is this, I mean, are you his? Are, are you saved? Have you been born again? And I don't mean that oh, I'm a good person or I'm nice or I'm sweet or I do things right or I try to have some morals. That's not what I'm meaning. Or I don't even mean, man, you come to church or you can quote some Bible verses. That's not what I'm talking about here. The question I'm asking, the thing that I mean is, 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 is the heart in your chest, is it pulsating and beating for the glory of God? Is your purpose in life to make much of Jesus? Is he your greatest desire? Is he your deepest longing? Is he the greatest affection in your life? Do you have a personal relationship with him is what I'm asking. Have you come to that place where you've put your faith and trust in the redemptive work of him on the cross? Have you seen yourself in light of who God is, and that you are wicked and sinful and in great need of a Savior. And, and what I would press you is this, is that everybody that's come to faith in Jesus who's been brought to life, been born again as the Scripture describes it, everybody's, everybody's come that way. Everybody has seen themselves in light of who Jesus Christ is, and they've seen their great need for Him. And so maybe if, if you say, no, I'm not, man, then I would beg of you, man, reach out to the person that shared this. Reach out to our church. We would love to have more conversation with you about what it means to be a believer, about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And we'd love to, to follow up and have conversation about that. I mean, you can, uh, you can message us privately on our, on our Facebook page. But man, we would love to have more conversation about what it means to go from death to life. And so to, to close out, just listen to how the story ends. Listen to what happens with the waiting with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus as this story goes on. John eleven forty one 41 says this. So they took the stone away and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 42 says, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around me that they may believe that you sent me. I mean, I love that. One, I love that how Jesus models this connection with the Father. And I mean, I just believe that's a, that's a perfect picture of what you and I should do, how we should be. I mean, our relationship with God should look like this, man, constantly in, in fellowship with Him, constantly in communication with Him, talking to Him, sharing our heart, asking for direction and wisdom and for God to move and help us. And so what we see in these two verses is simply this, is that it's all for God's glory. That's what it's always about with Jesus is that the Father's glorified. 
is that people cross from death to life that they understand and know who God is, that they understand and know who Jesus is and what he's there to do is bring life to the dead. And so he wanted his disciples, he wanted those who were there to get a glimpse of who he truly was. Verse 43 goes on and it says this, it says, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out. So what we see in this story is that God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. See, with, with waiting, with God, with God waiting, a waiting season is never a wasted season. See, God was using this to shape and form the disciples, to shape and form Martha and Mary, to shape and form uh, those people in that town. God was using this to, to point to and to show who Jesus Christ really is. And so with God, that season of waiting wasn't wasted. And the same thing for us. Church, though we don't get to gather together every week right now, man, don't, don't let this be a season that's wasted. Man, parents, I'm just thinking of the opportunity that you have to lead your family well. And husbands, men, to rise up and to gather around the TV and watch this and then to be able to have some conversation based around what we've talked about, around God's word, asking your family, so what did you get out of this? Man, what, how's God spoken to your heart? What do you think about this? What does this mean, what does this mean for you? How are you gonna follow Jesus more in this? And you've got a great, great opportunity, great opportunity to lead well. I mean, to have family time around God's word outside of even gathering around the TV and hearing God's word proclaimed as the church. I mean, to gather your family together, to get in God's word, to, to, to ask questions and to dig a little bit. And it doesn't have, have to be big theological conversations or deep doctrinal type studies. I mean, just pick you a few verses, open it up. I mean, read it together as the family. I mean, just ask your family, so what, what did God do in your heart today in this season of waiting? in this season of what appears to be uncertainty. I mean, what has God done in you? Because with him, this waiting season doesn't have to be a wasted season. And so, so in our world, I mean, that's just really has, has caused us to push pause on so many things. And, and so maybe this is God just trying to get our attention. Maybe, maybe what God wants to do is more than anything is to remind us who we are as his children, who we are as the church, and what he's called us to do, and I just, I just love the verse in Matthew 28 where he says, go make disciples. And a better rendering is as you are going. And so maybe this, this is part of that. Maybe God's trying to teach us as the church and show us as the church or individually that, man, as we go out and as we do life, even in these crazy circumstances, that we have great, great opportunity. And I'm telling you right now, people's hearts are receptive because of the uncertainty. Be, because of the worry, because of the questioning and not, not knowing. Man, people's, the, their hearts are fertile for God's word, for truth, for hope. And church, we've got that and we have a great, great opportunity. So man, I would press you, don't waste this time of waiting. Don't waste this time of it being different. Man, pray and see who God would have you to have gospel conversation with. Pray and see who God would have you to serve in this time how you could reach out to your community, how you could reach out to people. That's what we're trying to do here as a church. That's what we're trying to do here as the church. And right now we've had the opportunity to help feed some people in the community. We've had the opportunity to partner up with PK Outreach and, and do some things with her. 
Uh, we're waiting on people to call. We're waiting on opportunity to try to help serve. If you've got a need, man, we would love to be able to go shop for you, to be able to go get groceries for you, to be able to, to help you out in this time of uncertainty. If you're afraid or if you're fearful of uh, maybe uh, contracting this or if you're uh, just uncertain and, and uncomfortable with going out, man, we would love and count it an honor to be able to serve you. I mean, so church, there's a lot of things that we can be doing as we press in, as we press in. So don't waste the waiting. See, the scene of your greatest disappointment may be the setting of your greatest miracle. The scene of your greatest disappointment may be the setting of your greatest miracle. Think about it for a moment. Martha and Mary, their loved one Lazarus is dead. Looks like a huge disappointment. They sent word for Jesus. Jesus didn't come in a timely fashion, timely manner, like they would want. So there's this great opportunity there. And what happens? God performs a miracle like none other, brings the dead to life. So how, how are you doing in the waiting? How are you doing in this time of being disconnected a little bit, this time of being interrupted, this time of being uncomfortable, this time of being uncertain? Man, this, this is a great, great place where God can do a mighty, mighty work through you and through you for others. Man, enjoy this time with the Father. And I'm just like you, the, the what if, the what if moments. What if Jesus doesn't come through? Well, church, I'm just here to encourage you. He already has. And God has come through in a mighty, mighty way, and his name is Jesus. So don't ever forget the cross. Don't ever forget the payment that was made for us. You get Jesus for eternity. No matter what, if you belong to him, if you've come to him in faith. So never forget that. May God use that to encourage you. May God use this story of Lazarus, this story of life, and resurrection in a mighty, mighty way. May he shape your heart, form you, mold you into the image of his son. Church, don't waste this time of waiting. And use this as an opportunity to proclaim and tell all the more who Jesus is. May God bless you. May you have a great week. I want to pray for you as we close out. But thank you so much for checking us out and watching us online. I encourage you to share this. I encourage you to comment down below. And please, please, by all means, reach out to us if you need any help, whether it's through email, whether it's through phone call, whether it's through text. And there's so many ways to get a hold of us. If we can pray for you, if we can walk with you in any way, please do not hesitate to let us know. Church, we love you. And we cannot wait for that day when we get to gather again and celebrate who Jesus is and all that he has done. So I'm gonna ask you if you join me as we pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. God, we praise you, even in this time of waiting, this time of uncertainty. God, we ask that you make your presence known. Do a mighty mighty work in this world. God, I pray for those that are sick, those that are hurting, God, those that are, that are worried, those that are struggling with anxiety. God, the things that I've mentioned even this morning in this sermon, Father, I just, I just pray, God, that you wrap your loving arms around, God, that you breathe upon, that you make your presence known like none other. Father, those in our family right now that are, that are sick and that are hurting, God, I pray that you heal. God, I think often of Buddy Cooper, I think of little Rhett. Father, God, those that are battling cancer, I think of Chuck. God, there's so many right now in our family that's hurting. So God, I just pray, God, I ask you, I think of Mark Blackwood, God, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would move in a mighty, mighty way and heal. Father, help us see you even in this moment. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Shame we pray. Amen. New life, I hope you have a great week. See you next week.